Here at Eau Claire Hometown Media, we're proud to have as one of our longest-serving partners the fine folks with Stokes, Proc, and Munt Funeral Chapel and the Cremation Society of Wisconsin. Randy tells me the goal he has for the Cremation Society of Wisconsin. Well, we want to keep growing, uh, and we are. It's uh, our our model is quite progressive compared to a lot of the others, uh, mainly because our cremation society is statewide and not just a local thing. You know, we go all over the state, all 72 counties. This is Fair Talk presented by the Northern Wisconsin State Fair. My name is Landon Teese and I'm joined always with the wonderful Rusty Bulk, the Executive Director of the Northern Wisconsin State Fair. Rusty, how are we doing today? <laughs> We're doing really good, Landon. Glad you came in on this rainy day we got going here. You yeah. Know, and it's, uh, that's all right. We need the rain. Believe me, sometimes they call it a million dollar rain out there. For some of them farmers, it definitely is. Yeah, exactly. That's cool. So- that's cool. Today, I thought we'd just kind of talk about maybe some behind-the-scenes stuff that kind of goes on um, behind the fair. But first off, I just want to ask a question. Like, was there anything in the last episode that we talked about in the recap? Uh, was there anything that you didn't say that you'd like to talk about that happened at the fair? Anything weird or, I don't know, something that the listeners might want to hear? Well, talk about weird. You know, with the, the fair, there's always something weird that's going to happen. And we... Um, if there was a really weird thing, I would say, uh, you know, it was probably, uh, we didn't have Chester here this year. Chester is a large, large draft horse. Oh, okay. okay that's very, very gentle. And, uh, a lot of the kids, when they go to see the horses, they just are amazed by how large draft horses are. Well, it's weird as Chester wasn't here. And I know even my own grandkids, they call every horse Chester. Because they get to sit on Chester, and that seems to be the big thing. So Chester wasn't feeling good this year, so we had a duplicate. So that was a little bit weird for some of the kids. They were upset they couldn't see Chester. So if that's the worst thing that can happen, that's not such a bad thing the way I look at it. So that was kind of a, a interesting scenario. And Chester may not be back. He's getting up there in age. That's the facts of life. So that's kind of the way it goes. So other than that, you know, what we covered last time was pretty inclusive. Other than, uh, you know, finding out, you know, how the carnival did. I reports we got from the carnival were exceptional this year. It was a very good year for the carnival. Uh, it was a very good year for our food vendors, as our, our food vendors this past year, which is all attributed to, of course, the attendance. Yeah. Everything kind of relates to how many people you can bring through the gates. Uh, we did have our wrap up with our firemen and our EM, EMS as well as the local police department. And they just reported that, you know, they made, they had like 18 phone calls and nothing was bad, you know, which is very, they said that's what they would call a very, very successful event. Yeah. Nothing serious happened at all throughout the entire field. We had one fight. But that was broken up real quickly. A couple of ladies, they just couldn't get along. So anyways, that's kind of the way it goes. So that's kind of a weird thing. But uh, no, overall, it was just a super fair with lots of uh, attendees. Uh, our recap with the police, of course, is going to be, what do we do about parking? Because we're growing and growing. Mm-hmm. And so where are we going? So we're working on that immediately. 
uh, finding different areas, working with businesses to say how can we expand our shuttle program that we have at the fair, which yeah. is a wise way to go about it. Since we are landlocked, we can't really go and buy some parking spots. So that's uh, what we're working at. We're going to have a, a fun time to do it. So look forward to that next year as some of those improvements go. Uh, one of the areas that I thought was exceptional was basically, believe it or not, our restrooms. You know, that's yeah. usually a really tough place to keep clean. And I got to give J&F Services a lot of credit because they are the ones that came in and helped us the last two years, quite frankly, to overview what are we doing, how are we going about it, and how can we keep it clean. And mostly, ironically, and not even ironically, but it's about the women. When the women are happy at the fair, everybody's happy. The kids yep. are happy. The men are happy. You know, everything kind of flows around the mothers and the grandmas that's out that are out there. And if we can keep them in a nice, clean, safe environment, then we've done our job. I feel so. That's a good thing. So we had a lot of wonderful things really, Landon, that uh, uh, made this past fair exceptional uh, with the uh, new facilities for showing cattle. Down there, we're going to make a few changes again, but we have that's our first year. Yeah. So when you have your first year, you got to set a little bit of standard and you got to work from there. So look for more improvements down there as well. We just always improve. That's what you got to do. Yeah. It can't be the same old, same old. Yeah. And uh, I heard you say something about like you got kind of reports back from the vendors. So kind of how does how does that work essentially? Like. So they give you back feedback and then depending on that, so they don't have to come back next year. It's all if they want to. And that all kind of depends yeah. on how you, if you guys keep your attendance up, that's how you're going to get more vendors in here and like the, the carnival coming back and kind of that situation. Absolutely. Uh, our vendors are really a key point. Uh, when you look at food and we have a merchandise, our exposition halls. And the more we can drive patrons and fairgoers through our exhibit halls, the better off they're going to be because they'll be able to visit with more of those particular customers. As far as food vendors and merchandise vendors are concerned, uh, here at the Northern Wisconsin State Fair, we have them report daily. Okay. Their actual sales. So they're on a percentage basis. And I'll tell you, it's 17%. We charge our food vendors 17% and merchandise vendors for products that they purchase here at the fairgrounds and leave with. Uh, that has been holding true. This is the first year we increased it by 2%. Ever since I've been here for the last 14 years, it was 15%, which was really low on the poll as far as local areas. So vendors enjoy coming here. They can make more money. And so we look at when they make more money, we can make more money as well. So that's a big thing for food vendors. A food vendor contract is basically a license okay. to participate at the annual fair. And that is an annual renewable license that they have. And what we do then is we look at all of our food vendors, all of our, that's throughout the whole week. And we look at it and say, okay, which ones did really well? And we know which ones are doing well. But then which ones are struggling a little bit? Is there struggle due to location? Is it the struggle due to the type of product they have? Is it their struggle that they're not making a lot of money due to the, uh, probably say the exposition? It's showing because that's a big yeah. thing when you go to the fair. Uh, we did not have turkey legs this year and I was upset. Okay. Because when you get a turkey leg exposition and a vendor, he's got them all laid out there. Everybody goes, Oh, that looks really good. You know, and boom, you start selling. Yeah. It's about presentation. 
And that's what drives sales. So we always have the right and we always look at trying to help out the bottom 10, 15% of our food vendors that are not that are struggling, what we would call struggling, feeling they could do a better job and make more money for themselves. Then we work with them and say, okay, let's move them to a different location to see if it helps their sales. And so we have the right to move various vendors around it. That's in our contract to help them out is what it is. And if they don't succeed in one or two years, and then we're going to have to ask them to leave because we can always find new vendors to come in. We have a waiting list of free really? vendors to come into the Northern Wisconsin State Fair, which is a good thing to do because we try not to oversaturate food products or food vendors. A little bit of a line is good for a food vendor, you know, four or five people. It doesn't take long for that to move and people get that. But if the lines are 20, 30 people long, it becomes frustrating for the customer. So when we look at that, we look at how do we uh, balance that out, as yeah. well as the carnival. There are times for the carnival where there's long lines. And it's because you've got a wristband where you can ride all day. So some rides are a lot more popular in that regard. So they do a good job of moving them along so everybody can experience that same particular ride or that uh just, just to have fun. Exactly. And some of those uh, vendors that you said that have, I mean, what's, you know, like your longest vendor that you've had coming in and like that person, they know they've been here so much. They know how to like push the food out. Or they know how to keep the merchandise moving Absolutely. to keep that line flowing. Absolutely. Yeah. Some of our seasoned, let's call them seasoned food vendors that have been here for 20, 30 years and they've got their spot. People know where it's at. They're going to go. The French fry guy, come on. He's been here forever. Everybody's going to get a bucket of fries. Hari for his euros. They're, they're, it's the best euro in the state of Wisconsin. Wherever he goes, he gets the same reports. Uh, we have Schroeder concessions who brings in eight concession uh, areas, quite frankly. And that's our corn dog specialist. You know, yep. got to have corn dogs. You know, it's... Uh, those things. So the other ones, your barbecues, your seafoods, some of those, they, some of those are professionals that travel across with the carnival and with the fairs across oh, yeah. the United States. But uh, others are sort of, we try to keep some locals in here as well to try to boost up our local economy. Cause that's kind of a, the main thing that we're doing here is trying to build that economic uh, yep. impact for everybody. So that's a good thing to do. Uh, it's fun to work with food vendors. I have a staff here that is just fabulous that works with them. Uh, it, it consists of applying for the, uh, being a food vendor. Then we have to showcase we want pictures of their trailer, mm-hmm. of their food trailer, what it looks like so that it meets our expectations as well as what power needs they're going to need. Those are some big things. And then what space needs they're going to be. So I get a kick out of so many of them. Oh, I've got a, a 24-foot uh, concession trailer, so I need 24 frontage. Well, you also got a hitch that's about five feet long, and you got something in the back that's five feet. So you need about 35 feet. Don't tell me you only need 24 so it's a, a crackerjack box of getting out and putting everything together yeah. into a puzzle. And uh, some of our, like uh, Beth Welke takes care of our vendors out front here. And this is kind of her first year, and she laid it out as, Beth, you're doing a great job. But when we start getting going, when Mr. Chuck Trinette and myself started laying these things together, as with Joe Sakura. We look at, okay, this is not going to work together because the tongues don't work or the power doesn't work. We have actually a food vendor that 
needs uh, uh, 200 amps. Hmm. 200 amps, that's over a household worth of power that they need, but it has to do with what are they serving. They're probably serving soft-serve ice cream where they got a soft-serve machine in there. That takes about probably 50, 60 amps, a couple of air conditioners in there, you know, they just and coolers and freezers and everything else that's going on. So some of them are very utility uh, demanding okay. is what it is. So we got a lot of power here. So yeah. we've always put a lot of power up. So food vendors are great. Uh, I can't say enough about the staff, the way we work together, because mm-hmm. during the fair, as I mentioned, that's the time for personally Rusty to go out and meet the customers, you know, to meet the uh, the fairgoers that are coming in, the benefactors, those people that gave money to our bar construction project, you know, bar replacement project. Those are the people I want to meet and visit with and say, how did we do? How can we do better? Here's what we're going to do now. Mm-hmm. Here's what we're doing going ahead. So, what have we done? Where are we at? Where are we going to go in the future? I think that's a really important thing that everybody understands that Northern Scott State Fair is always growing. It's always changing. It's evolving. It's going to be having more things going on as we move forward in this whole scheme of operations of what yep. we're doing here. And that cannot happen, quite frankly, without a relative, with a really, uh, passionate staff. Mm-hmm. When you work at the Northern Wisconsin State Fair, it's fun. We create fun, but we work hard. Yeah. We put a lot of time into it. You know, it starts with our finance department, you know, Debbie Beyer here. She comes in and she takes care of the finances and takes care of all the billing and all the postings. And that's a lot to it. When we started in 09, our first fair, there wasn't a whole lot that we could do. And a lot was done by typewriter. <laughs> Believe it or not, landing, yeah. Typewriters, and that's the way contracts went out. Now it's all done, of course, electronically, etc. But those it starts in the in that area of how we develop, bringing Joe Sakura on for our maintenance for our grounds and maintenance supervisor was probably the wisest thing we ever did. The gentleman has not stopped. He's extremely passionate about the grounds. He takes great care and pride. In what you see here. So when you look at the grounds and development, the buildings and how we've gone about it, a lot of thought and care has been taken into it. So when you come in, we kind of get yelled at for trying to damage something. There's a reason for it. We treat this as our home mm-hmm. and it yeah. should be our home for everybody because then everybody can enjoy it. So it starts with that. The entry department has changed, changed drastically over this past year. Now, the entries are when you want to enter your potatoes and you want to enter your fudge bars and your pies and stuff like that. That's a process where you go to our online entry process. Now, you find the item that it is and whatever department it is from cattle to pickles. You know, you find that department, it's a huge book. It's, it's a, a long process that you find that. And, uh, it, but we've got it laid out in all categories. So you can just scroll down to the various element that you're looking at. And then that all gets processed. That used to all be done by hand hmm. and written out. So, um, I don't know. Do you do a lot of cursive writing, Landon? No, I think we learned cursive in second grade and I never used go. it since. There you go. So I always say that's going to be our, Secret code for us seniors that use cursive yet because nobody else would be able to read it. But anyway, all these entry forms, you know, they would come in and all be written down in cursive 
some of them scribble a lot. You can't understand their letters. So by consolidating that to an online entry system where they have to put it in, it saved a lot. We uh, evolved from that to what we did last year, bringing in a new software program totally that will help us elevate it to the next level over the next couple of years. Yeah. So we invested some money in that this past year in order to get Showworks, which is a new uh, software company that we're using, which will also allow us with uh, pads, iPads, and devices right in the show ring and right when the cattle are coming in and right when the judges are judging it, you just punch it on yeah. the, the, the pad and it'll all automatically go to the centralized software. Excuse me. So that's really good to try to develop that. So that's evolved. Uh, that actually evolved because of a lady called uh, named Kim Jeffers who did the entry department here for 35 years, mm -hmm. and she didn't want any different software. So she retired last year, <laughs> which allowed us to elevate and move it to another level. Yeah. So that's kind of the way things evolved here, as well as even staff and workers from the uh, the gates and everything. So we now have. Uh, Wi-Fi, very uh, strong Wi-Fi throughout the grounds with our fiber network that we have on the grounds. And so we can have our device, our point of sale POSs at the gates and our scanning devices to make it easier for people to come in. Uh, you see that we change our gating to make it faster for people to get in and make it easier all the way around. Throughout the whole fairgrounds, you know, when we came here, there was... Uh, there was one ATM machine and everybody used cash. <laughs> yep. you know, there was very few cards. Now everything, you know, three fourths of it is all double cards yep. at the various vendors. So it's, uh, it's been a little bit of a challenge actually to bring our local food vendors, our key honors, lions, holy ghost, optimists to say, do you use credit cards? No, no, no. We still use cash, you know? So it's those local ones that we try to elevate to say it's time to consider what's going to happen in the future exactly and as you know landon i've always been a visionary and so are we going to get to a cast system someday it's possible mm -hmm. it's very possible i know uh your age yeah. and my son's age they don't have cash in their pocket it's all with their cards mm -hmm. um, and i think mo many other businesses and just I don't like events in the area, especially sporting events. They're all going, all going cashless. So, I mean, you guys probably wouldn't be out of the wrong to do that. Lastly, before we kind of wrap up here, I do want to talk a little bit about the board of um, the Northern Wisconsin State Fair. Um, kind of what is their process in it? When do you guys meet? And sure. kind of like what's that uh, whole behind the scenes for the fair? Sure, exactly. We have right now a 10 person board. We have room for one more person on this particular board. We added, actually, we're going to, we wanted to add two positions with the barn project coming on so that we had mm -hmm. more representation from that to better utilize that, that uh, area of the fairgrounds. So we, uh, we have a, a volunteer board of directors that's selected. There's no election process. Uh, it's a selection process. Okay. So board terms are three-year terms. A maximum of two terms. So a six year commitment is what we have. Those particular board members, when we started, they consisted of the best people in Chippewa Falls because we wanted to make sure that it was operationally and financially successful and give it the best help that we can. And so that transition has been moving. So I must say currently our board has probably dropped about 20 years in age, <laughs> which is really good. 
because it gives some fresh ideas yeah. and new ideas going forward. So in the selection process, when a person has uh, come to the end of their term, it's their job to go out and find two people that have similar uh, backgrounds, shall we say, whether it's finance or marketing, find two people that have similar passion for the fair, and then they write up something to say, okay, is this somebody that you would be of interest to do that? Uh, board members come in here with no agenda. We ask them that, that they be open-minded, and that's all part of our mission statement of what we want our board members to do, and uh, visionary people to look to the future. So then we sit down with them and we interview them. I take them usually out to lunch with that board member and say, okay, Landon, so what do you got? What do you want? What do you, what's your vision for the fair? Okay. Where do you want to go? What do you want to see this particular grounds look like? What, what would you like to see? Okay. Mm-hmm. And then I tell the board members, I tell them, I says, you know what? I'm not going to ask you to be the fundraiser because people hate to ask for money, right? Yep. They do. And I says, um, you can be as involved in the board and in the operations of the fair as you want to be. Okay. Mm-hmm. But if you don't want to be that involved and you got other things, that's fine. We'll find places where you can help us so you understand what we're doing as a staff or what we're doing as a board. And then they can make that commitment. The board meets on the third Wednesday of each month, and we typically have nine to ten board meetings a year. Okay. And that's pretty much the extent of it, except when we have to have a special board meeting with a barn project or something like that. Yeah, then sure. I call a special board meeting. We do a number of votes and uh uh, board uh, development even through the emails, you know, we can vote online and stuff like that. We have that located in our in our bylaws uh, as we move forward. So it's really a selection process. And when we look at the board, we want to make, uh, shall we say, an overall uh, demographics of our community. So I always we always have an attorney on the board. We always have to have, we want to have one or two people in marketing, three, four or more people in the agricultural sector yep. for 4-H and FFA yep. to keep that agricultural section up. Then we want to have us a businessman. <laughs> you got yep. us a businessman. That's where you get your finance people. Uh, we have an auditor on the board right now that helps us to define how we are putting our books together and how we're presenting it, how we can be uh, really uh, open to everybody. We want to be totally uh, open so people can see what we're doing and where we're going. Uh, our 990 is always available for anybody to read, which is our taxes. Uh, so that's always for, open for the public to view. Just let me know. And I can show it to you or give you a copy, whatever you want. And so the board meets, uh, like I said, uh, nine to ten times. We do not meet during July. There's just too much going on. And, uh, you know, we're meeting here this next Wednesday. There's a wrap-up to see where we're going. June sometimes is a tough one as well because there's just so much going on. And this past June there was too. We sometimes move the board meetings around a bit. Now that we have better facilities here at the fairgrounds, we'll have the board meetings right here at the fairgrounds. Okay. Prior to that, we have it at other locations. So it's a, it's a great board of directors. They've been very wonderful to work with. Excuse me. They've actually allowed me to expand and allow some of my vision and the, and the staff to work together. Mm-hmm. Let the staff do basically the, the bone Trust of it when there's a big decision made, of course, that's a board decision. That occurs. Okay. Awesome, yeah, and thanks, thanks for the very informational today. I was yeah. very, I was very fun. So, 
Thanks again for uh, for joining me. It's a pleasure. Uh, pleasure as always. Thanks everyone out there for listening. Again, this has been Fair Talk uh, presented by the Northern Wisconsin State Fair. I am Landon Teese. And, and Rusty- I'm Rusty Volk. And for Fair Talk, Landon. And we'll see you next time. You got it. Thanks.